the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, I like that. It's going to be, as you just heard the weatherman talk about, we're going to be a little cooler than we've been in the last few days. But then it's going to progressively warm up over the next few days. Uh, going into Easter weekend, which is next weekend, look for a, a really nice uh, Easter Sunday. It looks like it's 75 degrees and partly cloudy, although in the evening I think they say there will be a chance of uh, of rain for that. Robert Steinbach will join us here shortly. He'll be in the studio coming up at uh, 7.05. Somebody who will be with us now every Friday at 7.05 uh, throughout the baseball season is going to be uh, Stephen Davis. Davis, of course, the play-by-play man for the Travs. He'll join us, and we'll talk about upcoming series, how the Travs have played the previous week, all of those things. Uh, bring that up to you. Also, uh, beginning on, I believe, Monday, uh, during uh, the the seven thir- about 7.33 after Bill O'Reilly, uh, we'll have an update from Stephen for 90 seconds that'll give us, uh, tell us how the Travs did the night before. There will not be one on, uh, um, I think, Tuesday. I'm not sure. I got to. I got to get that right because the way that the the Major League Baseball has done it now, I think that the Travs play Tuesday through Sunday, and then every minor league team has uh, Monday off. I guess that's going to be kind of a travel day type of of deal for them, and all the series uh, will be four uh, four games. Now, could be more than that when you start getting into rainouts and postponements, things of that nature. But we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk to Stephen uh, later uh, this morning about that. And then we'll talk with uh, Matt Smith at 735, uh, tell you what's coming up at, in the movies that you might want to be uh, checking out. Be listening to 101.1 FM, The Answer, uh, the rest of uh, this weekend and the beginning of next week, we got a big surprise coming for you dealing with movies. So we'll tell you what that's all about. Um, just be listening. I'll tell you what it is. I'll give it to be all clear and ready to go. Just know that our next classic movie is uh, The Passion of the Christ, directed by Mel Gibson, Jim Caviezel, uh, the main actor in that. The movie that, that uh, Hollywood said wouldn't be successful and is now the number one face 
faith-based movie ever made. See, they said it wouldn't work because Mel, Mel was, uh, you know, adamant, adamant that they uh, they shoot it in Aramaic, and uh, because that's what they spoke during Christ's time, and uh, they said no. A lot of people will not sit in a movie theater and read subtitles. Well, you know, Dave. Wrong. Uh, 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 and where did they get uh, people to translate Aramaic? Because, of course, there's no country now that speaks Aramaic. Right. Uh, highly observant Jews study Aramaic uh, because it's part of the texts right. uh, that we read. friend of mine uh, saw the movie. He understood most of it. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine going into a movie, watching it in Aramaic, and understanding it? Yeah. Well, I do that anyway, because my hearing is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> right. Why? So I kind of... What was that? Yeah. That's exactly how I feel sometimes. <laughs> I mean, um, you go to my house and you're watching a movie, I got it on subtitles. Yeah, me too. Just so I can me see too. everything that's being said, because I'm going to be honest, sometimes uh, the sound is not what it should be. And they speak quickly, and there's yeah. background noise. And I've, I, I can hear fine. And I watch a movie, and then I put the subtitles on, and I realize, wait a second, I didn't even know that took place. Yeah, yeah. The I guess the funniest thing is if you watch a lot of South Korean flicks, which I do, and Japanese flicks, uh, if you would go and get the script, and somebody could give you a direct translation. It's way different than what you see on the subtitles. And the the looks of what they're saying really has a lot. They're saying more than what you get. So it's kind of interesting in that situation. But anyway, the uh, Passion of the Christ is going to be Tuesday night, 7 o'clock at Riverdale 10. Be listening to, uh, you know, the weekend and through the beginning of the week. You're going to be excited, I think. If you're a big fan, if you want to get ready for Holy Week, which is next week. Well, and you may want to listen to something on Sunday. What? What's that, Dave? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Some some guy who thinks that he should be a talk show is going to be. A, well, no. that's for sure. Not yeah, the case. Robert Robert Steinbach, <laughs> who is here with me today, and that's the reason I've had him join me both days to, to, at the end of this week, is because I really want you to join him Sunday at noon. Do we have a piece? We got the music for his show, uh, so he can hear it. Uh, Heidi, do you have that together? Oh, oh, she's sneezing. She's working over there. I'm looking. Do you happen to have the the music uh, for Steinbeck show? Or is open? Play it for him so he can hear it. Uh, you're going to like this. I thought I'd do a little punk for you because that's oh, kind of what everybody thinks you are. I am a punk. <laughs> so we did that. Here we go. She's going to play. Oh, no, I got to wait now. She just held it. She said, one minute. Okay, really, it's going to be. 10 seconds or so but she's getting ready to bring it up and play this for you but uh, this is the music that you'll hear at noon on sunday i didn't want something that assaulted your sen- you know senses i didn't want to have crazy train by ozzy okay so we sometimes did, i'm a bit crazy yeah right? that's true but we we did something else this is upbeat but it's not heavy metal i love it who is this Oh, wait, wait, is this Van Halen? No, no, no Dirty, uh, what was, what was this group called? Dirty something. Influences? Yeah, Dirty Influences. I don't even know. The punk group. They're good. Check this out. You don't like this right here. 
sounds like the Ramones is what it sounds like. I like that. I love it. I, I should have it. used the Blitzkrieg Bop for your show. That would have been perfect. No, it really wouldn't have been. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good at this stuff of picking the right music for shows. I really am. Look, Dave, it, it, with a few more years, maybe you'll get, you know, maybe we can call you a veteran at this, mm. right? It's only, what, 50 plus years on the radio? 51. 51 years, you know. That, like, and that's not counting the nine years on the air for the Air Force. Well, you should count that. So that's you know, 60, 60 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. So 60 years on the radio. With a little more time, you may get it down. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I tell you what. You want to hear. You want to. You know, you've heard uh, great teams like Martin and Lewis and sure. people like that. Let me give you. Another, I'm going to give. Yeah. I'll give you another great team. Ellswick along with uh, Heidi. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great team. It really <clears throat> absolutely. is. Absolutely. She does she does a great job. I I did not have to yesterday I talked to her, we had put the opening together and I, I sat down with her and said, I'll get a song and I said, just do me a favor, take out the, the instrumentals in it. Right. And edit it on the downbeat. And she's fantastic, Heidi. So Good you job. can you can pull out the, the, the lyrics? Yeah, so, she pulled we pulled all that interesting. out. She, interesting. Interesting. I did. She right. did. Right, right, right. She did I now I Look, I haven't done editing in a long time. That's what producers do. That's their their gig. And but right, I, I could did, have done it, but nah, I let her do it. She's good. Right, at but it. when you did it, you, you'd have the chisel on the rock wheel, right? No, to- I had. <laughs> here's what I had. I had a grease pencil, right, and a straight razor that I used to cut the, the acetate tape, right tape that I would edit and. I to be honest, I personally feel I could I could edit as good as what they can do on computers today. But it, it's uh, well, good I'm stuff. sure you can actually. But, but it's you all... had to be careful right. about it. Here's the key: you all you always you had a degausser. What that is is a big magnet, and that wipes everything that's on the tape off, so you can reuse it over and over and over again. And uh, you had to degauss the blade too, because it would carry. Uh, static electricity and you could listen to a perfectly very well edited tape but you could pick out the edit because it would go click there'd be a very quiet click and it was leaving that static behind and uh, enough for enough about radio in the past and radio today it's just i can say i wish that we had had a lot of the technology uh today a long time ago to be honest with you I mean, I'll, I I can't remember when they came out with uh, with towers for carts. I went nuts. You know, here's what you used to have to do. A cart looked like an 8-track, and you would record a, a commercial on it. And uh, you would have to push. You had a player, and you would push the button, and it would right. fire off the commercial. Well, somebody came up with a great idea. You ended up putting this tone at the end of your commercial, and they had what was called a, a tower, and this was like four or five slots for uh, the um, the tapes that you're going to use. And you put five of them in there, and once you started the first one, it'd fire off the rest of them as it went along. So if you needed a fast potty break, you could run out, or if, or if you forgot what song you really wanted to play, you could pull it out of the sleeve, throw it on the turntable, Get it queued up and ready to go. So that 
that gave you an extra maybe two and a half minutes at the most just to get things ready to go. I love talking about that stuff. I really like talking to it about new broadcasters and how easy they got it. <laughs> I, usually twice a year I go up to up to Harding and uh, answer questions about broadcasting because, you know, I lumber up there on my brontosaurus and and then take up several parking places and, <laughs> and talk to the students. All right, we're going to get a break in, and then we're going to come back. We'll talk about some news. Uh, I guess you heard from overnight what the Russians did at that train station. Um, you know, they targeted it with missiles. Now the death toll is about 40 people. Hundreds have been injured. I have not seen the video. I hear it's horrific. Uh, and I'm I'm stunned as I check out my Facebook page from time to time and talking about Ukraine. How many people seem to be on the Russian side? I'm 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 flabbergasted. I had one person ask me, "Well, how how would we react if uh, the Russians wanted to put troops right on our border?" Well, number one. We're not right on their border. Number two, it's not just us. It's a, a group of nations that are there because, number three, historically the Russians have proven themselves not to be trusted. Look, uh, I'll even uh, give as much credit as is possible, so to speak. I'm not saying there's not a political discussion to be had about the role of NATO in this world today relative to to many different countries, including Russia. That has nothing to do with Russia invading a sovereign nation. And we cannot tolerate that kind of behavior. Russia is the Soviet Union today. Yep, it is. And Putin wants to go back to the old Soviet Union. All right, let's uh, talk real quickly about PI roofing. You know, I, I talk about them every day. So you have no excuse not going with the best. Uh, go with PI Roofing. You need your, your roof fixed. If you need a you know partial roof put on, if you need a full roof put on, know that you get the best professionals that are available to you to do the best job possible. Joe Johnson, Veronica Johnson, the owners of PI Roofing, they have a view in their own minds of what their workers should do. Joel believes that anybody who works for him should be able to do whatever these people are supposed to do and do it as well as he would do it. And he tests people to make sure that they're doing it that way. So, you know, talk to the, the, the folks that have talk with your insurance, that have work with the appraisers, and will do the job that needs to be done to keep the elements out of your house. That's PI Roofing. You call them 501-707-3551. That's 501-707-3551. Or go online to piroofing.com. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, on a Friday. Let me remind you, coming up at 7.05, the voice of the Travs will join us. And we will talk to him about the uh, upcoming season. They get it underway tonight. And you can hear all the action on our system, uh, sister station, uh, The Fish, 93.3. Tune in. Listen to the game there. 
we will have uh, the play-by-play man on every Friday at 7.05 during the season and then every morning, 7.33-ish, for a, a recap of the previous night's game. I got to tell you, the Cubs won. The Cubs won their opener yesterday. It was a great game. Uh, Nico uh, hit a home run yesterday. Uh, first home run hit for the uh, 2022 baseball season. So that was kind of cool. Uh, they had, I. it was cold. It, it looked probably in the very low 40s there with the wind blowing. So I'd say the wind chill was probably 37, 38 degrees. It's brutal in Chicago to go see baseball early in the, the, the season. Um, that wind just cuts right through you. But they uh, they had about 95% filled yesterday, so I, I got to give them credit. And and it always amazes, it amazes you when you watch a sporting event at times, Robert, and you know it's colder than ice outside. And you got guys sitting there without any shirts on. To prove themselves, I guess. Yeah, Dave. You know, my ability to watch sports is um, limited. Is limited. So, uh, <laughs> your your question would be better asked of me. Uh, did you see the politician standing out front? Yes, because I, gotcha. I think that's a little more apt. I, I I understand what you're saying, but there was an there was something else that happened yesterday that virtually sits on the amazing list. Tiger Woods teed it up again at the Masters. Now, if you remember, just a tad bit over a year ago, he had a terrible car crash. And they've got his leg put back together with, you know, pins and needles and just screws and, and plates and all kinds of stuff. He says it hurts to walk. I, I can only imagine what it feels like to swing a golf club. And yesterday at the Masters, he shot one under. And he is in. Where does that put him? Puts him at number 10. He's in the top 10. Wow. That is an incredible story. We'll see how he plays today because he's going to be sore today. Yeah. yeah. After uh, playing of 18 holes. And, and, you know, you got to walk the course. You can't. Remember the big argument a few years back about the guy who was a a tremendous golfer and uh, he, he couldn't walk and he wanted to ride a cart and they would not let him. Right. And everybody was bitching about, well, you know, here you go. Here's Tiger. Yeah, he would. He, it'd be a lot better if he could ride around on the car. But the rule is you got to walk the 18. Oh, but Dave, Dave, don't you know everybody needs special treatment everywhere we, we turn? Right. Isn't that the, the woke left world that we live in today? Oh, well, you, you can play this sport, but you don't have to use a bat in baseball because we give you a special accommodation or equally so, because I know you're going to love it. Hey, you can swim. In women's sports. That's right. Right? Even you though, think you're a woman. No, you can swim in women's sports even though you have a keel on that boat. Mm, what is that? You've got something that writes you in that water a little bit more than everybody else. They may have some flotation devices, oh but you've got a keel. I got to laugh at that. That's good. Not bad, huh? I just came you, up with it. Have you been thinking about no, that No, I just came night? up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd been working on yeah, it. By exactly. the way, people are probably wondering, I told everybody in my promo that uh, Chris Corbett would be with us. He he officiated a wedding. Oh, wow. That's what he did. And I I got an early 
text, text from, from him. him. Yes. Would, you, would you like to hear it? Sure. I got to read this to you. You're going to love it. And this is what it says. It says well, as, okay, do you what, yeah, here's what okay. it says. Too, too many beers, too much dancing. I will not make the show. Funny. <laughs> Funny. And I just said, okay. Exactly. I got you. That came... That came at 5.38 this morning. The question is, was that on the rise, or was that when he was going to sleep? That, that's a good question. Right. We'll have to ask him next week. That's right. He'll be, well, we won't be on next Friday. Oh, is that right? What's yeah, going on? Good Friday. Oh, Good Friday. We're right. off Friday. Right, yeah, good right. Friday. right. and we'll you know, next weekend as well is Passover. Oh, right. right. Because as you know, uh, the, the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar. Correct. And the modern calendar slash uh, Christian calendar is the modern solar calendar. The solar is a more accurate calendar. And by more accurate, I mean the months stay where they belong. On the lunar calendar, if you... Oh. You got to talk to us after the break. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about ICU Protection. Been talking about them now uh, for several months and about uh, what Billy Mack, the owner, tries to do for you. First of all, let's just say it this way. He saves you a lot of money. All of the uh, material that they use, all the equipment, belongs to you. But you don't have to pay for it. It's absolutely free to you. Now, you pay for the service, but you do not pay for the hardware. And that is a significant uh, savings. I've heard people talk about uh, since 3K is going out or 3G is going out, uh, you got to go to you know the 4G, and to get the equipment for that, it runs somewhere between 550 and 750 dollars, and you got to come up with it. That doesn't happen with ICU. Uh, bottom line, they supply all of the hardware. All of the uh, door and window sensors, all of the uh, cameras, indoors and outdoors, uh, a doorbell camera, if that's what you want, motion detection, and all of the uh, uh, analytics that goes with that so that you know it's either a person, animal, or a a car. Some other things that happen when it breaks the, the line where it starts immediately recording, uh, Used, that used to be by done by a light. It's not that way anymore. It's done by an algorithm, and I don't know how that algorithm is, is, is written or anything like that. I just know that they do it. And as soon as that happens, that kicks in, you're notified on your phone. You can bring up a, a camera. Let's say you got one on your driveway. You can see the car pulling up or whatever, know if it's a good person, bad person, whatever, and... It records it until that car moves, and then it stores it on the cloud so it can't be gotten rid of by somebody going in and getting your equipment. So know that they really got you uh, taken care of. I mean, look, if Nuclear One, if this is what they use, then why wouldn't you use it? 501-205-1333 is the number. 501-205-1333. Pay for the service, not the hardware. That's ICU protection. So look into that. All right. So something historic happened yesterday. Uh, first of all, someone was was put into a very big position because of their skin tone and their uh, their gender. All right. 
But uh, Kajan was a Kajanji Brown, Brown Jackson. Jackson was confirmed as a, a Supreme Court just, justice. <clears throat> she will take over for Breyer, uh, who is retiring during the summer. So she'll take over uh, at that time. Um, what do you think about this as far as this is concerned, Robert? I, I think it was wrong for the president to come out and say, I promise you that I'll put a black woman in on the Supreme Court as though that brings the best person to the front. It could have been an Asian woman for all we know. Dave, it's racism. It is racism, plain and simple. Here's the thing. When LBJ said, let's have affirmative action, the idea was that people with different backgrounds might not have exactly the same resumes uh, that reflect their true abilities. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a thumb on the scale. We're going to say if we have two candidates that look roughly the same, we're going to give a little bit of an up uh, to the candidate who may have had a, a tougher background and therefore their resumes don't seem to reflect all of their abilities. Okay. Okay, I get it, because you know what? When we measure things, the precision is not exact. Okay. I agree with that. But that's the opposite of what happened here. Here, there was no scale. You could not submit your resume if you were not a black woman. Now, think about that. Could you imagine saying the... Say it the opposite. You're not allowed to submit your resume... If you're white, if you're a man, if you're an Asian, no Asians need apply. That's what Joe Biden said. Could you imagine if a conservative said that? Racist, racist. So this behavior is racism. And what does a woke left say? Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't you see? Racism doesn't apply when we do it. Mm -hmm. We're too pure. We're too good. It only applies when you conservatives do it. Oh, yeah. Right? So this is hypocrisy at its best. So now put now. Okay, that's issue number one. All right. So now we get to the consideration. She was chosen for racist reasons. Maybe she's still okay. Right? It still could be possible. I don't know. She doesn't know what, what a woman is. Well, there you go. There you go. She's so indoctrinated in the woke left doublespeak. And her job is to interpret words, Dave. What does this word in the Constitution mean? What does this word in a law mean? And she can't define the word woman? Especially, woman? Especially define the word as it meant when it was written into the Constitution. That's right. That's right. And she can't define the word woman. That's why we have men win, winning uh, sports events uh, in women's competitions. Yeah. That's why we're putting men into women's prisons. These things matter, Dave. You know what the Biden administration now is doing? You know that on your passport, you can have male, you can have female. And you can have other, other. Can you have question mark? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's what they're allowing. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Now, is that reality, Dave? Well, I no, of you. course it's not. We it's know science that. fiction. Most people understand that. I mean, look at look at how the left is reacting now that 
Elon Musk has got a little over 9% of uh, Twitter stock, and they're having a heart attack now. He's a controlling shareholder. The guy who started Jack Jack No Brain uh, owns only about 2.5%. So Elon Musk now owns more than that crackpot Gandalf who ran the show. Yeah, what's big, big about that is if you own the majority, you've got the majority number of votes. Uh, that happened for for meetings. So a lot of people are hoping that Twitter will kind of straighten up and fly right because of this. I did you like that joke? Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. I think there's going to we'll be see. a huge fight about this. Good, let them fight good. it out. It'd be good, and I, I want to see him take on Elon Musk. I really do. Yeah, seriously. Is he conservative? Uh, I think. He's libertarian, yeah, yeah, yeah. which um, well, it's partially conservative. Yes, it is. That's right. It is uh, definitely. He's a First Amendment guy. Yeah, he yeah. believes in free speech. That's great. That's something that they don't believe in. Right. Okay? Right. Right. So you know that. By the way, California. We talked about them yesterday because they are getting ready to pass a bill that will allow you to kill a child after it's been born up to one year old. Uh, they now have Senate Bill 960 is proposed by Democrat Senator Nancy Skinner would remove the provision that an individual must be a citizen or permanent resident of the United States in order to become a police officer. The bill makes no distinction between legal and illegal immigrants. So get this. You can become a police officer and be totally breaking the law. In California. It's really, truly remarkable, Dave. The left has no limit to their willingness to throw out law, to throw out reason, and to throw out uh, legitimacy. And that goes back to what we were just talking about uh, regarding Ketanji Brown Jackson. How do you put someone on the Supreme Court who cannot tell you what a woman is? I'm not a biologist. I'm not a biologist, Dave. And guess what? I can tell what a woman is. Yeah. You know, and then the left side, well, you know, there's like point zero something percent, uh, uh, what's called intersex, where people are born with both parts, etc. cetera. Yeah. It, right. We yeah. know that. Right. But that's not what the movement oh, on no. the, uh, on the, you know, having men swim in women's competitions that's not is what about. It's about. Not at all. It's about what you think. Right. What, not at all. What's in your head. Let me just read a little of the bill to you. You're going to love this. Existing law with certain exceptions. And that, you know, they always say the devil's in the details. That's right. I'd like to see what all those details are. Prohibits a person who is not a citizen of the United States from being appointed as a member of the California Highway Patrol. This bill would remove that prohibition and would make conforming changes. In other words, once that bill is passed, anything that happens within the state of California, uh, as far as the way people are thinking, would suddenly change the bills about what it takes to be a cop or whatever. It's crazy. Now, that is a true, at that point, that would be a true living document. Dave, you remember, of course, quite well, my parents were immigrants, legal immigrants. My father lived under Nazi occupation and Soviet occupation in Poland. How many people can say that and were alive afterwards to tell? 
uh, you know, that 90% of the Jews in Poland were murdered by the Nazis. Uh, and so my father, after the war, went to Germany. Why Germany? Because that's where the Americans were. Right. And he knew if you wanted to live, you went to the Americans. From there, he went to Israel, fought in the War of Independence, and with my mother, then emigrated to the United States. He walked a lot. A lot of he that, walked. Didn't he, he literally walked uh, much of the way from Germany to the port uh, where, where they sailed. Uh, uh, the the ship that he was on was the Theodor Herzl. Of course, my grandfather and uncle were on the infamous Exodus that was sent back after the war by the British, yep, by back, the British. Back, back to Europe. Yeah. And they had to return to Israel at a later point. Yeah. I re- if you've never seen the, mo- you know, the movie, you need to, to watch it, Exodus, which is a great motion picture. Yes. It's based pretty closely right. on what went down for making Israel a nation. That's and, exactly And the right. vote for the U.N. And, and all the rest. It was a very, very interesting motion picture to watch. All right. So when we come back. Starting in 2023, Canada will provide medically assisted suicide for those with, making air quotes here, irredeemable. That means the, the doctors right now say it can't be treated. Irredeemable mental illness. That's that's a slippery slope it, if I've ever heard indeed. one. Wasn't, wasn't that part of Hillary's group, right, the irredeemables? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Robert Steinbach with us. Don't forget, he has his first of many shows to come here on 101.1 FM, The uh, the Answer, on Sunday at noon. Tune in. You'll want to hear what he has to say. Let's get our break in. Don't forget about David Lucas. Uh, he wants you to be able to buy some silver and gold and know how to do it. Uh, give him a call, 501-222-3315. They work with one of the uh, only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315, 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. You know, I just got done talking about ICU protection. They're going to be at the Home Improvement Show in Cabot over the weekend. So uh, st- you can stop by and, and see Billy Mac uh, about getting his uh, version of his security for you and save some money at the same time. Just heard from Billy Mac tell me that he's going to be there. So, you know, you might want to stop by and talk to him as far as that's concerned. So look, can I mention something related to that? Sure. Uh, that is the the environment that we live in here in Little Rock, in West Little Rock, in Arkansas in general. The crime is out of control. Number one concern of uh, voters going into this election midterm is crime. Yeah. You know why? Because it's out of control. Yeah. We've we've talked totally. about on your show uh, before, Dave, the carjacking around the corner from this studio in the Heights. We talked about how Pleasant Valley is under siege with crime every single day. And, of course, the woke left leadership of Little Rock doesn't pay attention. So they're not putting the great police, and we really do have great police, by the way, uh, uh, where they need to be uh, to stop crime. 
the 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 woke left says that arresting people is uh, is inappropriate, right? They don't want to hold people after they're arrested. They don't want to have bail. They don't. Want, yeah, yeah. We got to take a break. Let's do it. All right. This is something that I do every year at this time of year because baseball has started, and when baseball gets ready to start, we always play this. On the St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellows on the St. Louis I'm, team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. Do you know the fellow's names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name on first base. Who? The fellow playing first base for St. Louis. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you who is on first. I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first base. Who is on first? Have you got a first baseman on first? Certainly. Then who's playing first? Absolutely. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. Why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Who's white? Yes. After all, the man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, all I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base? Oh, no, no. What is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? That's what I'm trying to find out. Well, don't change the players. I'm not changing nobody. Take it easy. What's the guy's name on first base? What's the guy's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking about him. How did I get on third base? You mentioned his name. If I mention a third baseman's name, who did I say is playing third? No, who's playing first? Stay off of first, will you? Well, what do you want me to do? Now, what's the guy's name on third base? Well, what's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. He's on third. There I go, back on third again. Well, I can't change their names. Will you please stay on third base, Mr. Broadhurst? Please. Now, what is it you want to know? What is the fella's name on third base? What is the fella's name on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third, third base. <laughs> you got an outfield? Oh, sure. St. Louis has got a oh, good outfield? Absolutely. The left fielder's name. Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask you. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Then tell me who's playing left field. Who is playing first? Stay out of the infield. Don't mention their names out here. I want to know what's the fellow's name in left field. What is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. Third base. Oh, take it easy. Take it easy, man. And the left fielder's name? Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. He's center. Will you pick up your hat, please? Pick up your hat and stop this. Oh, look, please. Mr. Broadhurst. Yes. Wait a minute. You got a pitcher on a team? Wouldn't this be a fine team without a pitcher? I don't know. Tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me the date? I'm telling you, man. Then go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow you're going to tell me who's pitching? Now listen. Who is not pitching? Who is on? I'll break your arm. You say who's on first? Why come up here and ask? I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. The base. You got a catcher? Yes. The catcher's name. Today. Today. And tomorrow's pitching. Now you've got it. That's all. St. Louis has got a couple of days on the team. Well, I can't help that. All right. What what do you want me to do? Got a catcher? Yes. I'm a good catcher, too, you know. I know that. I would like to play for the St. Louis team. Well, I might arrange that. I I would like to catch. Now, I'm being a good catcher. Tomorrow's pitching on the team, and I'm catching. Yes. Tomorrow throws the ball, and the guy up bunts the ball. Yes. Now, when he bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I'm going to throw the guy out at first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I 
don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, that's all you have to do. Is to throw it the first base. Yeah. Now, who's got it? Naturally. Who has it? Naturally. 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 Okay. Now, you've got it. I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. I know, you he don't. Is. You throw the ball to first base. Then who gets it? Naturally. Okay. All right. I throw the ball to naturally. You don't. You throw it to who? Naturally. Well, that's it. Say it that way. That's what I said. You did not. I said I throw the ball to naturally. You don't. You throw it to who? Naturally. Yes. So I throw the ball to first base and naturally gets no, it. No. You throw the ball to first base. Then who gets naturally. it? Naturally. That's what I'm saying. You're not saying that. Excuse me, folks. All right. I'm sorry, friend. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. Right. Well, say it that way. That's what I'm saying. Don't get excited. Now, don't get I excited. I throw the ball to first base. Then who gets it? He better get it. All right. Now, don't get excited. Take it easy. Hmm. Now, I throw the ball to first base, whoever it is drops the ball, so the guy runs to second. Mm -hmm. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to, I don't know. I don't know, throws it back to tomorrow. A triple play. Yeah, it could be. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? I don't know. He's on third, and I don't care. Over there? I said, I don't care. Oh, that's a shortstop. Here The news at the top of the hour and then our first visit with Stephen Davis, the play-by-play man of The Travelers. Let's get to it here in the 705 half hour. And uh, we're joined by the play-by-play man for the Travelers. And he's going to be with us on most Fridays. Next Friday, we won't have him on because I'll be off on vacation. So will Heidi. So it'll be a best of Dave Ellswick show. But uh, Stephen Davis is with us. He is down in Frisco, Texas, getting ready for the Travelers opening uh, series coming up here uh, starting tonight and uh steven is do you get a little bit of butterflies in your stomach as you get ready for the opening season always dave always it's good to talk to you this morning i was actually just thinking that this morning i, I wake up and it's like man uh, opening day never gets old it doesn't matter what level it doesn't matter how many times you've done it it's always fun to start a baseball season but it's always a little nerve-wracking too because uh, things are always new, uh, and you're kind of on high alert for a few days to make sure they go well. But I'm uh, really, really excited to get this season going tonight. Well, of course, one of the newest things for the Travelers is they're on a brand-new radio station starting this season, and it's with our sister season, uh, station, The Fish. And uh, what time are you hitting the air tonight? So we will go on at 6.20 tonight over on 93.3. We're uh, 15 minutes before first pitch every night with pregame shows. We're uh, 6.35 or so first pitch tonight in Frisco. That's the other thing with opening day. You always wonder if they're going to actually start on time 
or if the ceremonies will back things up a little bit. But 6.20 for the pregame show tonight. We'll get this thing going. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, all 138 games, uh, as you said, over there on the fish. So uh, excited to get it going. And uh, hopefully folks tune in. And it doesn't affect the baseball on the field, but we're excited to be on a new radio station and uh, see how things go and and, uh, bring the folks the Traveler's Action home and away this year. Well, we're excited about it. Uh, I've been trying to bring the travelers over here to salem media for uh, a long time and i'm glad that you're here it's where baseball deserves to be just because i love it i mean i love baseball we you didn't hear it but before the end of last hour something that i do every year for the opening day and that is i play abbott and costello and who's on first and uh, we just got done playing that in the last hour and get everybody all fired up. And the Cubs opening day yesterday at Wrigley, and they won. It was a fantastic day, to say the least. And Ian Happ even drove in some runs yesterday. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I love Abbott and Costello's who's on first, by the way. That is one of the, the classic things that I, I think – I'm glad you're keeping it alive. A lot of folks don't know about it anymore. It kind of gets uh, hidden under a lot of the new things nowadays. Yeah, we had that Cubs-Brewers game yesterday. So our bus ride down was uh, late morning, early afternoon to get from Little Rock to Frisco, about a five-hour bus ride. Uh, we actually popped out on the TVs on the bus. So on the oh, one cool. On, got, to watch, got to watch a little bit of that Cubs and Brewers game. It's hard when you work in minor league baseball to watch a lot of big league games because we're playing at the same times usually. So kind of cool when you get to sit there and actually watch a little bit of a big league game and uh, exciting to see an opening day. And, you know, nothing's more beautiful than Wrigley Field in the sunshine. Uh, so it was fun to watch that and uh, get to watch a little bit of the Cubs and Brewers yesterday and be reminded of how good the Brewers have been the last couple of years yes. dominated that division. And, and, and I know you and I talked off air last week, Dave, how the Cubs maybe aren't what they were a few years ago, but uh, hey, it's the first day of the season. Everybody gets excited and you get that first win knocked out. Maybe it is your year. You never know. That's one of the great things about the magic of opening day in baseball. Well, I don't have, uh, you know, the song to play for everybody today. You know, I, I play the Cubs win song all the time here on my show because I am a huge cub fan still up in uh, the window here in the studio is a placard the 2016 world series champion cubs world series and it's a parking sign it says fans only so if you ever want to come and be in the studio uh, i'll leave room for you if you can get your car up here to park your car here in the in the studio so you don't have do to I walk have to be for... a cubs fan if i do that <laughs> you can be an honorary cubs fan how's that I'll, I'll, I'll do uh, that for you. I'll take the honorary title because I don't know if I've ever claimed myself to be a Cubs fan. I've got some friends who are Cubs fans, but uh, hey, keep that banner up because when you win, like, well, what is it, one title every century? That's correct. Well, gloat about it. Well, before that, though, they wanted a lot, and then they they got some ownerships that they didn't care about winning titles. You know, to be honest with you, I mean, tinkers to Evers to Chance, uh, you know. You got to go back a long way before the last title in '16 uh, to find titles that they they were winning in in Chicago. And the last time they were up in the World Series, they lost to the Tigers. So that's just the way it goes. That's the way it works. Anyway, let me ask this question of you: You were talking about getting ready for an opening night. Do they tell you how many people are going to be honorary first pitches and all of that, so you can kind of pace yourself? 
Oh, yeah. We, we get the, the pregame rundown uh, every game. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's opening night or not, home or away. You get the, the pregame schedule of, of when everything's going to happen, and obviously it'll be a, a bigger ceremony tonight. And I know I was talking to the folks in Frisco here yesterday when we got in. They've already tweaked their opening day schedule of when things are going to happen and how it'll all run. And You just kind of cross your fingers and hope it all runs on time. But, yeah, they'll have a, a couple ceremonial first pitches tonight. Uh, they've got a, a moment of silence scheduled for one of their uh, longtime employees who passed away this past off season, and uh, they're going to do the full starting lineups. You know, both teams out there on the field on the baseline. Oh, cool! It, it's hard to beat that. Every opening night, everybody does that, and uh, you know, some years you only have your own home opener where you see it. I've had seasons where we caught it at our home opener and a couple times on the road, and you've got to go through it three times. Uh, but I think we'll only have two of them this year. We'll have tonight here in Frisco, and then uh, Monday. Back at Dickey Stevens Park for our home opener, which is uh, rapidly approaching. I know the the folks in our Travs front office are uh, preparing vigilantly for that Monday ball game and uh, the 6:05 first pitch there to get our season underway at home. Just three days from now, but it is uh, it, it's part of the magic. It's uh, it's different than the big leagues where it's more of a, a metropolitan city celebration. You get a little bit of that in the, some of the places in the minors, but uh, it's still fun to get that first game and see folks uh, out at the ballpark for the first time in several months and for those folks uh, especially the way it works with the Travs a lot of the season ticket holders have been coming for years upon years upon years uh, for them to get to see each other and, and hug each other for the first time in months and then go root for the home team again it's pretty special I'll be I'll be there at, at opening night I'll be over there to watch the game Stephen Davis is our guest he's the play-by-play man for the Travelers you can hear him tonight over on our sister station, The Fish. You'll hear him every Friday here on the Dave Ellswick Show at 7.05. We'll talk about what the team's doing. We might have some players stop by from time to time. It's going to be a great season for the Travs. Um, you know, a lot of people just kind of treat them as a kind of an aw- uh, kind of an awesome ran. I'm, I'm not that way. I, I know how tough it is even to get to double A and to want to get to uh, – play major league baseball to get to the big show is tough and we've had some players that uh, trout being probably the biggest name come through little rock and end up uh at the at the the major league level so you just never know what you're going to get i i look at double a and it's a it's a very competitive uh, brand of baseball so we'll be talking about it more here on the dave ellswick show stay tuned Stephen. i got to take a quick break then we'll come back we'll finish up our discussion here for the first game for the travelers they're starting out on the road they're in frisco texas more about the travelers when we return here on the dave ellswick show don't forget about east end towing uh, they're ready to help you out on the highway if you if you break down on the highway Call East End Towing. And by the way, if you're driving down the highway and you see those yellow lights, and it doesn't have to be just East End Towing, it's any towing company, and they're doing their work taking care of one of their customers, please move your car into the further lane from the tow truck so that somebody doesn't get hurt out on the highway. Call East End Towing, 501-888-8849. That number one more time, 501-888-8849. Now, back here with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
And our guest is Stephen Davis. He is the play-by-play man for the Travelers. They got their opening night game tonight. They're out on the road. They're in Frisco, Texas. By the way, Frisco, Texas has exploded. It that that used to be nothing more than a couple of stoplights on the on the road up to Dallas. Not that not that way any longer. And they're becoming kind of a mecca uh, for uh, sports. I mean, they hold what is it the Division Two uh, Collegiate Football Championship there now. Yeah, Frisco is. Uh growing crazy uh when we first when this ballpark was first built which was just under 20 years ago there was a hotel behind center field and the ballpark is right on the border between frisco and plano like you could hit nine iron and be in plano <laughs> if you hit it the right direction but frisco just keeps growing and, and it's it's been amazing to watch and they switched to some hotels this year we're actually back by the ballpark uh, and right next to our hotel is the Dallas Stars practice facility, the mm-hmm. NHL team. They have their stuff up here in Frisco. Uh, two miles down the road, it used to be halfway between our old hotel and the ballpark, but two miles down the road is the brand-new Dallas Cowboys practice facility, the star that opened, uh, I believe, like four years ago or so with uh, their whole complex around there. That's in Frisco. And then you go up by our old hotel and uh, about uh, – oh, well, 500 feet from that was the soccer stadium where FC Dallas plays uh, in major league soccer and where they've hosted that division. uh, It should be the one double a national championship, the FCS championship game, as well as a college bowl game each year at the the FBS level. Uh, That's been in that soccer stadium, which is a gorgeous facility. And this is all in Frisco, which you say it's in the suburbs of Dallas, Fort Worth when you try to explain it to people, but then you look at the map and you go, Gosh, that's a full 30 miles north of Dallas. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're on the top edge of the Metroplex, basically, but this area just keeps growing. Uh, and obviously this county up here, I believe it's been one of the fastest-growing counties in the country for well over a decade now. So uh, it's pretty crazy to see how big it is and how much business keeps booming here and how much new building there is every time we come to town. Like I said, when this ballpark was first built, uh, when I first came here way back in 2008, uh, it wasn't desolate, but the, the, you, there was a mall that had just opened mm-hmm. uh, beyond right field at the ballpark that, that was maybe you know, two, three blocks away. And you could see it and go, wow, they're starting to get a lot of stuff around here. Now there's apartment buildings all around, right? like right across the street from the ballpark. You can't even see that mall unless you walk past those apartment buildings. Everything just keeps growing around here. It, it is amazing how uh, this area just keeps booming. Now, it's amazing how it's grown in Dallas and Fort Worth. I mean, that used to be two distinct cities, and now they're just known as the Metroplex. I mean, they basically, they, it's just one big area of people. But let me get back to baseball with you. And, and let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about the manager. Uh, I think that's Cal uh, Gill uh, is the manager again this year. What is he expecting out of this team? I mean, when you're a minor league manager, uh, you're, you don't have the same guys all the time. You may get guys called up. You may get guys coming down from the majors. You know, t- talk a little bit about that for, for my listeners. Yeah, Colin Cowgill, uh, he's an interesting story in and of itself. He's in his second year as the Travs manager, which is not uncommon in minor league baseball, but it's not, you know, something you see every day either. It's nice to have a returning manager, but this is only his second year coaching as well. Mm. He's in his mid-30s, and he transitioned straight from playing. Uh, Colin was an All-American in college at Kentucky, an absolute star for the Wildcats back when they were on the SEC uh, in the mid-2000s, and then played a dozen years pro, six of those years in the big leagues, 
and transitioned right from playing into coaching, right to managing. Last year was his first year as a coach, uh, first year managing. And, and I told people last season, if you didn't know that it was his first year doing this in, in any form, you would never know. He's that good in terms of how it, his feel for the job and what needs to be done and how he handles the people involved in it. Uh, and how to handle the baseball side of things. And he's even more comfortable now in year two, having been through it, and even having been through it in the same place. Uh, he's really in a good spot. And in terms of what he expects from this team, you can set standards. And it starts with the Mariners organization. You know, they have a, a plan in place for each of these players and what these guys are supposed to work on uh, to get better, to be major league ready. Uh, but the, he expects them to, you know, first of all, go out and play hard. It sounds cliche, but... It can get monotonous in baseball, and you don't have to worry about that maybe in April, the first couple days of the season, first couple weeks, but as that grind starts to hit, you expect that same effort that you got on day one from the guys every day, whether you are brand new to the team, whether you've been here before, whether you think you're stuck in double-A, whatever the situation is, go out, do your work, give it your best, and play hard when you're out there on the field. Uh, But in terms of actual production, you want the guys to go out and execute their plan. And if you do that, good things are going to happen. You'll get results. You'll win ball games. Uh, you, you can hear the, the cliche almost in there. Uh, you know, if you prepare right and if you play hard, good results happen. And that's wins of ball games. And yes, you want to win games in the minor leagues, but the, the, this is a development system. We are trying to develop guys for Major League Baseball. So it's a, it's a little different. It's not necessarily win at all costs if you were going to compare it to, say, college baseball, where when they're in their season, it is uh, all about winning that ball game that night. Here you're in the grind of playing every day. You've got to worry about what your bullpen looks like tomorrow and the day after that. You've got to worry about the, the position player who maybe needs a day or two off in a row uh, to get healthy again, things like that as well as the fact that these guys are working on skills to make them effective when they get to the major leagues. Uh, and you mentioned the double-A level a little bit ago, Dave, and, and how good it is. Uh, the, the way we like to describe it to people, and the best description I've ever heard, is that everyone at the double-A level has major league talent. They do something that's major league worthy. It's just getting the, you know things tuned up a little bit. It's getting the full package put together. But guys don't get to double-A unless they are really talented baseball players. The talent level in double-A is extraordinarily high. It's, it's obviously only two steps from the majors, but we've had several players in the last few years called directly from double-A to the big leagues. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of teams will do that. We could have that again this season as well. With, I could name off uh, a few guys who are candidates to get to the big leagues that are starting on our team. So uh, the, the level of baseball is really, really extraordinary, and it's one of the things that I have to pinch myself every night that I get to watch this uh, in person, these guys are so talented, and, and they're not far away from making an impact uh, in the games in big league ballparks. Okay, so you talked you talked a little bit about how each of the players probably has some kind of syllabus set out for them about what the major league club wants them to work at. Is that more so for pitchers than it is for infielders and outfielders? No, it's for everybody. Uh, it, it, the Mariners do a great job of what they call player plans, and they line out for these guys at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the off season. Hey, here is your plan. Here are the things we think you need to work on, whether it's pitchers we want you to work on you know, this specific pitch a little more or throwing it in certain counts or et cetera, et cetera, whatever it might be. It's different for everybody, and that, that's one of the great things about it is they can – 
tailor these to each individual. But for the hitters, it could be something defensively. Hey, we, we think you need to work on this a little more at this position, so we might play you a little more here so you can get comfortable with it. But particularly for hitting, uh, you know, we, we need you to just tweak your swing a little bit this way and take it into the game. We need you to think uh, about becoming this kind of hitter a little bit more. Or when you get on base, we need you to, you know, try to disrupt the pitcher a little bit more. So there are so many things that these guys can work on and usually are working on at any one given time. It, it, it's pretty wild uh, to think about that when you've got, uh, we've got 28 guys on our team and each of them has their own unique plan. That's 28 different plans that this coaching staff is taking care of. Uh, and trying to, to, to get these guys to work on it day after day after day uh, for their own personal journeys. All right, 90 seconds, couple of names that we can expect to hear a lot about. All right, we'll start with uh, the first two starting pitchers. We'll go quick through them. George Kirby, uh, highly thought of, a top 100 prospect in all of baseball. He gets to start here on opening night tonight. He was with the Travs briefly at the end last year. Uh, and a guy the Mariners think could really impact their big league club at some time this season. Uh, same for the guy who starts tomorrow night, Levi Stout. Uh, maybe not as widely recognized nationally as a prospect, uh, but a guy that's really talented uh, and gets great movement on all his pitches. Uh, and I think he has a chance to impact Seattle's big league staff this year as well. Uh, over on the hitting side, a couple guys who are back from last year, two of the Travelers' top hitters uh, from a season ago, Jake Shiner and Joe Rizzo. They were with the Travs all last year. You love uh, having guys who can give you steady production in double-A. They will both do that, and they've got a chance to have uh, big seasons as well. Cade Marlowe is a guy who's brand new to the Travs. He's probably going to play a lot of center field. Uh, he's kind of a, a, a five-tool guy in a lot of senses. He can do a little bit of everything out there on the baseball field, uh, but he led all of the minor leagues and runs batted in last season, 107 while playing all but one game at the single-A level uh, at two different single-A clubs. So, uh, he's a guy who they expect to produce on the field and could be really interesting uh, and a, a key guy for folks to keep an eye on who they're really going to enjoy watching play in the outfield. All right. Stephen Davis, play-by-play man of the Travelers, and he'll be with us uh, each Friday at 7.05 to 7.30 to talk about the team. What's the first pitch time tonight over at 93.3? 6.35 first pitch, pregame on the air at 6.20. All right, brother. You have a great uh Evening, enjoy some popcorn and a hot dog and whatever your favorite beverage is, and we'll talk to you again. Sounds good, Dave. Thank you. All right. Stephen Davis. And I'm a big baseball fan. I'm out to see the Travelers a lot during the season, and it's fun to watch guys growing into the major league uh, level. It's also fun to see players that you know are going to a certain point, and then they're stopping. All right. Bill O'Reilly coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. 25 minutes till 8 o'clock, last half hour of the show for this week. And uh, great way to always end the show on a Friday, talking about what's new at the movies, give you a name of maybe a movie you go see and take out, uh, you know, that significant other with you, go out and have dinner, then go out and see a movie. I'm just telling you, it's a, it's a great way to spend a weekend. I went last night, had early had an early dinner uh, with the lovely, luscious Linda, and then made my way to the theater. And uh, we went and saw last night the man who's given us such movies such as Armageddon, The Rock, and uh, I think... Uh, 13 hours, those three movies right there off the top of my head 
are all great movies done by Michael Bay. Of course, if you've gone and seen most of the Transformers movies, he's directed those. But see what uh, Matt Smith has to say to us. I think this is the best movie he's done in a while, uh, as far as this is concerned, Matt. This was a highly entertaining and fun movie to watch. Hey, you know what uh, Michael Bay strives to deliver? And, um, I mean, he does it, you know, there's no doubt about it. I think the only person to do it better than him was Jerry Bruckheimer. Um, he was absolutely the best, and, of course, he was uh, Michael Bay's mentor. So um, <clears throat> taught Michael Bay everything he knows. I think Jerry Bruckheimer is the only one to do it better. Mm. And if you are looking for that straight-ahead, awesome action picture that's over-the-top, uh, with all the action scenes you want, and with all the special effects you want, and you got a big star in there like Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, this is the movie for you. Um, to me, it is just kind of an action-packed uh, ode to uh, downtown L.A., really. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and people talk about the sprawl to L.A. and, and, and the, the size to L.A. and, you know, how it's just spread out, and that's true. I mean, it, it's, it's very different from, from Manhattan, you know, in that respect, but it does have a downtown. There's a lot going on in that downtown. I mean, that is a big city downtown, and Michael Bay does a lot to bring that in and give it a sense of place. Um, the other thing that, to me, that's remarkable about the film is, you know, they shot this film during the pandemic mm. and had to film this under all of the COVID uh, restrictions. You know, this isn't a movie that was made in 2019 and was supposed to come out in 2020 and got delayed due to the pandemic. They shot this film last year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and so when you watch that film and you think about that, you're like, man, can you imagine the extra work they put in to do that? So uh, it's 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 on your seat. It starts with a bang. The entire film runs through with a bang. Uh, it's there. Yeah, you know, it's what's, it's what's really good. Love? I mean, when I went to it, you know, I know what Michael Bay is known for. I like a lot of the movies that he's done. I named three of them right off the top of my head, you know, with right. The Rock and Armageddon, 13 Hours. Those were all great movies that Michael mm -hmm. Bay did. Uh, I was kind of expecting probably a, a C plus, and I got a B plus. I mean, this, this was a fun movie to watch, and the cinematography is awesome in this movie. Right, 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 yes. And, I mean, he's known for that. Um, I I can't, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you, um, I mean, I like his movies, right? I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not always looking for uh, some drama or award consideration film. I like to go to the Correct. movies and eat some popcorn and, you know, enjoy Escape. myself. Escape, yes. Escape for some entertainment. No doubt about it. I'll tell you what. The shots that I liked the best were the ones that, you know, the, the helicopters play a big part in this movie. And right. how they did a lot of swooping shots of downtown L.A. Kind of take your stomach away from you once in a while when they stop at the top of, start at the top of a building and then drop 
45 stories down to street level. It's fun to watch those kind of shots, and at, those are not easily pulled off. They're tough to do. That's true. That's true, yes. And, you know, I don't know. I I think the um, – I don't know. I think the the film critics, their critics, they have to look for something uh, to criticize, and I think they want to beat up his movies, maybe based on you know screenplay or something like that. Yeah. But if you are, if you're looking for an action picture, uh, if you're looking for um, that that heavy, um, you know, just. Um, uh, yeah, just blow them up, shoot them up, run them down. You know, the car chases. What you would be looking for if you're watching a movie like Ambulance, they deliver. Uh, this is not, uh, you know, watching paint dry. This is not no. studying the tea leaves. No. I mean, this is, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you, this movie starts off fast and it stays fast and moving forward. He propels this movie very, very well. He paces it very well. And I got to tell you, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I would say, you know, to to the guys and the gals that like action, uh, you can't go wrong with this motion picture. Now, another movie that's opening this weekend, and uh, I was getting my popcorn, and there was a young guy, maybe 9, 10, standing behind me with his mom, and he had his Sonic the Hedgehog doll with him, and he was heading in to see Sonic 2, and he was as fired up for that as I am for a Doctor Strange movie. Well, Sonic the Hedgehog, just a just a really big hit. It just came out of the gate strong. It opened to $70 million when it came out, uh, President's Day weekend of 2020. And there's really no, um, no telling what that movie would have earned in its run if theaters hadn't shut down. Uh, that sequel being released has been um, a priority for Paramount and the fans of the video game and the fans of the movie have been looking forward to it. You know, they brought everybody back. They've got the same director. They've got the same writers on the team. They've got the same stars. Uh, they bring back the characters in the first movie. They introduce a few new characters. And, yes, it's highly anticipated, and they expect that to be number one. Uh, you know, over the um, over the weekend, uh, you know, it's 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 going to it's going to beat ambulance in ticket sales. You know? Right. I mean, it's it's going to do that, but um, it's there. Uh, I think that for the month of April, April, um, Sonic the Hedgehog two, and then of course Fantastic Beasts Dumbledore, which is next Friday, those will be the two top ticket sellers for the uh, month of April. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Those are some highly anticipated films. Isn't it interesting uh, with the Dumbledore film? I uh, want to talk with you about that. That uh, The Fantastic Beasts movies have been a little slow out of the gate compared to the Harry Potter movies. And it seems to me that as they've written the scripts for the newer movies, I mean, we're into three movies in now with Dumbledore, that they've started to move more and more back towards a Harry Potter feel. Do you do you see that happening too? Yeah, and you know, I mean, Harry Potter had such a huge following, just a a pop culture status due to the books before the movies hit, and kids still read these books. You know, uh, my daughter's nine years old. 
And they started reading that book, and they're reading that book now, you know, at her school. And so that has kind of always been there to support that series. Now, Fantastic Beasts is popular. This is an offshoot of that Harry Potter genre. But I don't think it has the cultural significance of um, of the Harry Potter series. I mean, you know, just like uh, you can make... You can make a Batman movie, right? Everybody right. knows what that character is. You can make a movie about Robin. It's just not going to be the same. You know, Robin is somewhat of an auxiliary character, right? Right. Just like, uh, you know, we've got a movie out right now, Morbius. You know, cool movie if you like DC stuff, right? But Morbius is not Spider-Man. And so, you know, that's what you've got with that whole Dumbledore situation there. That's kind of an offshoot of of Harry Potter, not a main character, and that that is not a cultural touchstone. You know, for, um, you know, 90s babies, Harry Potter is a cultural touchstone. I mean, it really is. Agreed. Agreed. You have to see them. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. All right, let's get our first break in. It's a quarter till eight. Matt Smith is with us. He is the owner of all the VIP cinemas here in central Arkansas, as well as Riverdale 10. If you're up in Batesville, the Oaks is also his movie theater as well. We'll come back, talk a little further with him. Had a trailer showed uh, before Ambulance that I've seen it on my phone. I got to tell you, it doesn't do it credit, and I'm really stoked now for May. I am hugely stoked for May, and I'll tell you why when we come back. With Matt Smith here on the Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget about uh, Pat Davis and about saving money on your health insurance, 30 to 50%. How not to get killed by a deductible that's like eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 you got to meet before your health insurance kicks in. And getting rid of all of those co-pays. And it doesn't matter who your provider is. Pat Davis can get rid of those co-pays, get rid of those deductibles and all of the rest. All you have to do is call him, 501-605-6935, or visit him at Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you. Matt Smith is with us. Of course, he is the owner of all the VIP cinemas in Hot Springs and Cabot and Searcy, up in, uh, of course, Batesville, the Oaks Theater, and Riverdale 10 right here in Little Rock. And uh, next, coming up in May on May 27th, they showed a trailer for a movie that I've been anticipating ever since they said they were going to do it. But after seeing the trailer on the big screen, I can tell you my adrenaline level just shot to the top. I mean, all the way to the top, and that's Top Gun Maverick, the uh, the sequel <coughs> to uh, Top Gun. The storyline looks great. It, I feel uh, the need. And lo- yeah. need for speed. And looking at the aerial photography, I don't know how much of that is CGI, but it is incredible. Incredible. Tom Cruise flies the plane. No. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. I know he does a lot of his own stunts, but man, there are some pieces in that 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 trailer on the big screen that puts it to shame on your phone. Let me just tell you, 
Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, why would you ever watch something on your phone? Crazy. I mean, a cat video, sure. Anyway, yeah, man. I mean, it's there. Top Gun is. No wait, there. it's Top a cat Gun. a cat video with a cucumber. Oh man, I tell you what, it's it's going to be there, man. I tell you, Top Top Gun is there. We've got a great. We've got nine new motion pictures in April, uh, but then May May opens the floodgates, and you got Top Gun on the twenty seventh. Uh, Firestarter on the 20th, Downton Abbey movie on the 20th, and, of course, May 6th kicks off the summer with Dr. Strange. Ooh, that looks crazy, too. Going to be insane, going to be beautiful, got a great summer coming up. Uh, I hate to keep talking about your boy Michael Bay, but... Um, oh, that's fine. That's a good way know, to kick I mean, into he May. They, he is there. He is there, and he is in that spot because Don Simpson died. Right. You know, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer... Uh, we're just a, um, you know, just a hit machine. Um, you know, I mean, it's just hard to imagine, you know, like, for example, um, you know, 1995, uh, they released Bad Boys, which was the highest grossing film that year. Uh, that same year in 95, they were behind Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. They were behind Crimson Tide uh, as well with Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman. Uh, of course, uh, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer did The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. What a great, great movie. Winners finish yep. last till winners get the prom queen. Flashdance was Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Top Gun, Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer. Okay. Days of Thunder. <laughs> right. I know. Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer. If Don Simpson hadn't died, Michael Bay would have been able to move into that spot because after Don Simpson died, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer you know, needed a partner, needed someone, and brought Michael Bay in to, uh, to help with that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Don Simpson was, uh, there is no doubt, Don Simpson was the man. Uh, some of the things he said was like, uh, we have no obligation to make history. We have no obligation to make art. We have no obligation to make a statement. Our obligation is to make money. To sell tickets. That's that right. Don Simpson, man. That was Don Simpson. That's what it's about. Uh, and he said on the Academy Awards, he said, you know, it might be important to win an Academy Award to make money. It could mean another $10 million at the box office. Other than that, he didn't care. Yeah, I don't blame <laughs> That sounds that sounds the way it should be. I mean, that is what movies exist for, as far right. as I'm concerned, is that I pay, you know, whatever it is I'm going to end up paying to go in and sit down in a theater and watch a motion picture with some other people, eat some popcorn, drink my soda, and be entertained. Don Simpson. He said that... Uh, he said that uh, you wonder how these people make these bad movies and they get to stay in Hollywood, you know? Uh-huh. And he said for Hollywood, it's uh, it's not really how you play the game. It's how you place the blame. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's <laughs> very true. Flops. Those guys made those flops and got to keep their jobs. This guy did not make flops. No. He made hit motion pictures. Let me throw out some more there. American Gigolo. Right. Urban Cowboy. Yeah. An officer and a gentleman. Thank you. Think about those three movies you just mentioned and the genres that they busted because of those motion pictures. Unbelievable. Hours. Yeah. Yes. Good movies. All good movies. And 
you paired it up with, uh, in some cases, uh, another with a, a director that was really, really good as well. And then you got something really special out of them. Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. And, and you know, because of the death of Don Simpson, Michael Bay was able then to partner up with Jerry Bruckheimer, and, you know, those hits continued. But um, I really think the main driving force there, the main person behind that was Don Simpson. Don't get me wrong, Bruckheimer and Michael Bay have had hits, but nothing like the run uh, that Don Simpson had from, you know, basically 1980 until his death. Yeah, hit after hit after hit. That's what he had. All right, so tickets are on sale now for Dr. Strange. That uh, is coming uh, at the very beginning of May. Ticket sales going strong for it? They are. It sold more tickets in the first 24 hours than any movie uh, in the past two years except Spider-Man. It sold more advanced wow. tickets in the first 24 hours than uh, than Batman did. And, yeah, all those tickets are on sale now. Father Stew starts on Tuesday, April the 12th. Um, Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore is April 14th. Uh, the new Nicholas Cage film, Unbearable Way to Massive Talent, April 21st. The Bad Guys, new animated PG film cartoon from Universal, the 21st. The Northman starts April 21st. And, of course, Doctor Strange starts May 5th. The tickets are on sale for all those movies. Riverdale10.com. You can buy your advance tickets right now. And don't forget, we got The Passion of the Christ, Tuesday night. That's right. Tickets are only 5 bucks. Passion of the Christ, just $5. Riverdale10.com. Um, other movies we got coming up, of course, in... Um, in uh, May, we're going to have Cool Hand Luke. In June, we have The Sting. In July, we have Wizard of Oz. In August, Brave Heart. And then, of course, in September, just confirmed yesterday, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. All right. Eli Wallach and Clint Eastwood and a lot of great actors in that motion picture as well. I'll let you go, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us for a few moments. We gave the folks some movies to see here this weekend, next weekend, and then for the whole month of May, we gave them movies to see. It's going to be a great year at the at the theaters. I'll see you again uh, a week from, uh, well, two weeks from today. I won't be here on uh, Friday of next week. It is uh, Good Friday, and I'm off on Good Friday. Thanks so much, brother. We'll talk Thank to you, you later. All right, Matt uh, Smith, of course. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We get him on every Friday. In the future, uh, every Friday, 7.05, we'll be uh, you know, going to be uh, Stephen with us talking about uh, the Travs. Stephen Davis will be talking to him, the uh, play-by-play man. And then Matt will join us after that to talk about what's on at the movies that particular weekend that you might want to go see uh, to entertain yourself. It's been a good week this week. We've had some really great shows, and we appreciate you being with us. The Power Panel will be back on with us on Monday. Uh, We'll try to get uh, Dr. Tim Lim back in here along with R.D. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, I don't know whether it's going to be uh, Pellegrini or not. We'll we'll find out. We'll see who's going to be sitting in the the chairs. But I'll be here at 6 a.m., on Monday, you'll be here as well. We'll have fun. Don't forget about Robert Steinbach and his new show on Sundays starting at noon. Robert Steinbach on Sunday. I'll talk to you later on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.